0: hello and welcome to today's episode of the mind soulful show where mindfulness meets heart and soul you're in for an amazing show today i have a friend and former director of the school of metaphysics here damian nordman we are discussing what is metaphysics what's quantum physics how do we develop a spiritual mindset as well as the importance of having a coach mentor and teacher on this path And we even had some fun chatting about actress Jennifer Lawrence's rise to success and the power of belief. Stay tuned for this amazing episode. Welcome to the Mind Soulful Show where mindfulness meets your heart and soul. I'm your host, Brooke Sidney. I'm an abundance accelerator, Mind Soulful Mentor and an inner voice and soul story coach this show dives deep into soulful mindfulness mindset and manifestation it will help you manifest more inner and outer abundance in the form of greater self-love hearing your inner voice as well as more presence freedom ease and greater self-confidence and you being you so if you're looking to learn more about the high vibe tools of mindfulness mindset and manifestation to love the life you are presently living you are tuned into the right show. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Mind Soulful show where mindfulness meets heart and soul. We talk all things soulful, mindfulness, mindset, and manifestation. Today, I'm so excited to have in my spirituality and mindset or soulful mindset series, Damien Norman with me. Um, he's awesome. I know this from personal experience because he's a friend. You guys, he's a mindset coach, author, speaker, and creator of the Laws of Success courses. He graduated from the School of Metaphysics course of study with his doctorate of metaphysics. He also served at the School of Metaphysics for two decades as a teacher, branch director, field director, and president. Damien loves to pass on his insights, experience, and wisdom, and he recently launched the Inner Secrets of Success podcast to help anyone achieve success, no matter what stage of life he or she may be in. Welcome, welcome, Damien. So excited to have you here.
1: What's up?
0: What's up? So tell me, I know I gave your bio, but like, let the audience know a little bit more about you, whatever you care to share.
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, so much I could say from just a crazy lifetime of adventure and growth. Uh, I, you know, I mean, the main thing I am about these days is that I, well, I've always loved to learn and grow. I've always loved to, um, progress and find new information and knowledge and experiences and people who have, you know, real wisdom and insights. I love to learn from people who, you know, themselves have experienced things and have created a lot and like distill their essence. And I think part of my part of my thing is I love to, to be able to synthesize and, and combine and recombine all of that into my own practices, my own lifestyle, and of course, helping other people. So, you know, that's just that's just a big thing for me always has been and I think now probably more than ever that has been true of just gathering a lot of a lot of different resources and putting them to the test and and kind of realizing like the nuances between certain like philosophies and teachings and teachers where there's similarities but sometimes just a little bit of difference can like change everything and like open my mind or open my heart or open my consciousness in a way that's like oh that's the piece i was missing or that's the thing i didn't quite know how to apply correctly or wasn't quite doing is the way I would need to do it, or that's the piece that, for me, is going to fit right now. So mm. that's just a little bit of other stuff that I can say.
0: I love that. Well, obviously, you've taken this study of metaphysics pretty deeply, you know, attaining a doctorate of metaphysics. What started your path and study so heavily into this area of spiritual study?
1: I was really hungry I mean I was really hungry for some kind of truth that was deeper than what I had seen I mean I remember this is back actually when I I started when I was a teenager I mean I was 18 actually before even before I was 18 I was really like kind of on my own exploring stuff but when I turned 18 shortly after I met some people who um, introduced me to the school of metaphysics and to consciousness and meditation and dream work and just tons of cool stuff and a lot of it came because i just felt like man what's what's up with this world like what's up with all this like divisiveness and all these things that are saying you know religion over here this religion says this religion you know is better than the other this this politician this philosophy this um you know what what else scientist you know and and like some scientists say this and others say this. And, and then it's like a few years later, you know, it's like all different anyway. Right. And, and so, right. And so I think I was just so um, kind of fed up with everything I had been fed. And it, it, it definitely wasn't working for me. I wasn't like as happy and as fulfilled as I, I felt like I could be. I was, and so that's, you know, so, so the search for, for truth and meaning and depth and what's real, those are all things that that both got me on the path and really have always brought me back to a sense of um. I don't know if you want to call it equanimity or or just focus, but I, I realize any time that I'm like dipping back into sort of that that scattered divisiveness or or some other place I don't want to be it's like it always kind of comes back to wait a minute what what can I find that that that's a core truth that I can work with and live and then that always opens up a door to whatever the next stage is
0: I think that makes perfect sense because so many people Um, arrive at like spiritual study or even religion per se when they are experiencing something that doesn't make sense in their lives when perhaps they've experienced some sort of transition or even feeling depression or disconnected but for like the folks out there that are new to this that are like maybe just catching all of this um metaphysics discussion what is metaphysics metaphysics what does that exactly mean
1: it's cool that you asked that because I was talk actually talking to one of my clients a few months ago, maybe a month or two ago, and she actually asked me what quantum physics was. And I told her that I think now quantum physics, I feel like is pretty much metaphysics, the way it's evolved now. And so, you know, to, to kind of go deeper with that, though, what I, what I mean by all of that. So it's it's all a deeper study of consciousness of the mind and how really how th- how things work in the universe i mean you have physics which is like the physical universe and so i think at least people some people grasp physics better than other people but you know the idea that we have gravity and that we have you know these these things you know in science and in physics you know there's there's um, what holds atoms together and molecules together I mean there's these bonds that that make things work and of course you can even look at you know how that works into like biology and there's things that make the body work and there's things that makes you know the certain physical laws that make the earth spin and that it doesn't like just you know shoot away from the sun or come crashing into the sun and we're all like consumed in a fiery burning mess i mean in other words there's an order to the universe and so if you can see that there's an order to the physical universe through physics and science and all these sort of things then you've got to start to see that there's an order to our inner universe of the of our our soul our spirit our life and that time and again people who and it doesn't matter if a person knows about consciously doesn't have to even know anything like they don't have to like call it metaphysics or call it quantum physics or call it right. I mean a person could call it god they could call it um the all you know the allah or or the atman or you know the 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 almighty dao or they could call it spirit or you know I mean you know all these different words for like a consciousness and presence that runs through not only all the universe, but through us, and it's who you know we're connected to, and so metaphysics is just sort of the study of how that things, those things work, so that you can break it down enough, just like with science. I mean, scientists scientists couldn't send a man to the moon or um, do all these you know create all these technological advances we have with smartphones and amazing things that we do with with um, technology now if they hadn't broken all the pieces down hundreds or even thousands right. of years ago, right. Starting to say like, what, how does this work? How does electricity work? we see this lightning and you know, right. it's this yeah. force. So well,
0: it sounds to me like, and you know, tell me if I'm on the right page, but it's, it sounds to me like it is the study of the universe our in a relationship with the universe. And it's, and it's by that study that we're able to, um, understand it by giving it a language and by being able to speak in the same terms. One of the things that I have found is that, you know, just like where you, just like you were saying between Allah, God, higher self, um, whatever the person's um, understanding or word for, you know, God, spirit, whatever, that can sometimes be a divider and not a bridge. And so to me, um, as I've encountered metaphysics and just trying to understand, I think, the relationships to what we call this higher, I'm, and for the people that are listening, I'm putting my hands over my head and like spreading my arms out, like this higher essence, this greater essence, the what's all around us, which encompasses the universe, which encompasses laws like gravity, whether we think about this or not, it seems like it's providing the language and the ability for people to Um, think about these things together and study these things together.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's where like, oftentimes the way I will talk about it these days is through what, what I call laws of success or universal laws, because there are certain principles that, that come up again and again and pretty much uh, every person who's a teacher of, I mean, even like, I think of like, even like John C. Maxwell, who, who has his book the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership um you know he very you know very christian based person he was a minister for most of his life it seemed like most of his adult life um but i mean even within his laws i see the universal laws working right and so right. you know when you can start to break down that most people know about the law of attraction in some degree like they've at least heard of it and i that's one law but there's you know, laws like the law of believing and knowing that is really important to also understand or the law of relativity, where when you understand these, these concepts and principles and you start to like say, okay, I'm going to practice the law of relativity every day and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow every lead that I come across and I'm going to intentionally like take steps every single day and to, to see how that law works in my life. Then you then you can start to see that there's what look can look like magic to other people, right, right? And especially people well, especially people who demonstrate it who are just they're so in tuned that I think they don't even necessarily know like I, I and this is I'm just gonna throw this out there but like a few weeks ago I, I became very obsessed for a little while with studying um, Jennifer Lawrence the okay. actor Jennifer Lawrence. okay because and it was and, and actually it was it was a very universal law thing because it was like this one youtube video that i saw that i clicked on that showed her talking about, like, it was one of those wired autofill things, and she was, it was funny, and she was so genuine. And, I mean, I've seen a lot of her movies, but I don't know that much about her, which is strange because she's from Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I'm from.
0: Yeah, you should also yeah. know everyone from Kentucky.
1: That's right. All the, all the greats, like Muhammad Ali and, and Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. But I started this sort of interesting obsession for about a month, seemed like about a month or several weeks, and I just was watching, like, all her old interviews, And, like, from, like, way back to, like, Winter's Bone, which was, like, 2010, all the way up to present day, and I'm like, man, she has lived this charmed life, this truly charmed life, and what's interesting is that she's very humble. Yes. In the the sense that she she's just like she just wants to like have fun she just wants to do her job really well she wants she does what she always wanted to do she moved to New York City when she was 14 with her brother who's older than her and she was just like going after it you know she just knew this is what I want to do she right. listened to herself
0: that's exactly so- it that's the power of your inner voice and following your joy and your bliss <laughs> It puts you in rhythm. It puts you, well, it seems seems very often, right? We see this a lot. And I think it's very easy to see when people, it's almost like when they come out of the womb and they know exactly what they want to do, whether it's become an actress, right? Which I think for creative arts and so forth, we see that a lot because they're able to uh, I think you kind of accept your art as your art, and then they just, once they get past that, some of those people get past that block, they're following it, but it doesn't matter whether it's art or science or um, being a lawyer, whatever it is, if you know what it is and you're aligned with that and it feels good and you follow it, then I think sometimes people can think that you have magically created this life when in actuality you're probably just living in alignment and the laws of the laws of success, universe, whatever we want to call them are working in your favor because you're in alignment with them a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I
1: I, I truly believe that that's what's happening with anybody who is successful, anybody who's happy with their life, anybody who is um, healthy or abundant or, you know, just like living this life of, of, of passion and joy and just like, this is it. And they're, you know, they're just radiating. I really believe that that whether they just never lost it, I think some people, I mean, I think kind of like like Jennifer Lawrence, I don't think she ever lost it. I don't think she right. ever got disconnected from it because she had parents who were, like, help, let her stay open to it and were very loving and, like, supported her. I mean, they, they let her go to New York City when she was 14, <laughs> you know. I mean, you know, if I had told my parents that at 14, like, I mean, they <laughs> would have just been like – Son,
0: (laughs) Uh, like she, well, that's the whole thing, like everything lined up for her in terms of, you know, her parents that she, you know, that she was born to, like all of it lined up as well as maybe her, maybe they saw from a very early age that this is my daughter's thing. This is, yeah. this is what she wants to do. She hasn't wavered. This is not the kid that tried flute yesterday, oboe, you know, a month ago, now is on the piano and is saying, you know what, I wanna, I wanna go to New York and play the piano. This sounds like a person, from what I know, she was really pretty consistent with pursuing this art.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it seems like in even one of her interviews, she talks about that, where like there was a certain point where they just, her parents were like, okay, she's, she's just, she's not, she's not let up on this. So we gotta, we gotta let her try. And they, they, you know, she even thinks that like they were hoping she might fail. So she would like, let, let go of this dream. But then, I mean, she just got so, you know, so much momentum because she was so connected. So, yeah, but I think that that's the, what's cool about it is that every person has a different, I I call it a different evolutionary locus, Mm. meaning every person has like, and it's not, it's not linear. It's not like one person has necessarily got a greater evolutionary locus than another. It's just like every person's trying to learn something a little bit different in each lifetime and throughout each lifetime. And so, you know, you get to certain stages. And so we, we have the challenges that come forth and one of the big challenges for a lot of us is even like, what am I doing with my life? Right. You know, like, right. who am I? What am I doing with my life? And despite the fact that I started my journey at the age of 18, with a lot of this stuff, it's not been an easy journey all along the way. There's been a lot of, I mean, there's been a lot of challenge and some depression and some, you know, like poverty and some kick in my ass. And, you right. know, just a lot of things that have happened um, that have been unpleasant that have, but have continued to allow me to see more and peel away layer after layer of oh this is this is more of who i really am okay oh here's this other thing this is even more clear who i am this is more what i want to give this is more of what i want to do and i'm sure that that's just going to continue not only throughout this whole lifetime but you know i feel like even beyond and if you believe in other lifetimes into other lifetimes so it's all about what we do with it right now.
0: Well, what's really interesting is the term that you use, the ev- evolutionary locus. And what it made me think about just in terms of like the work that I do with my clients is, is really around their purpose work and figuring out what is their, um, whether you call it Dharma, whether you call it God-given purpose, um, why they're here. Like what is their unique contribution, right? Like what are you here to learn is often tied to what are you here to contribute, So I love that. I've never heard evolutionary locus.
1: (laughs) You're like, yeah, there There we go. Well, I mean, it goes, it goes along with what I call the law of evolution because um, I do think we're, I I do believe that every person, every soul, every person is uh, is actually internally transforming every day a little bit every single day, there's there's a transformation that's happening. And I mean, you can kind of partly why I see this, I mean, I see it in a lot of ways, but even the fact that we, we have to sleep every night, you know, there, if you think about that's a requirement. I mean, I don't know anyone who, who can stay sane and healthy, who doesn't at least sleep for a few hours every single night. And so the fact that we have to sleep, it's kind of like we have to die every single day. And so, you know, we have, that's deep. Yeah. Well, even, even in the Bible, somewhere in there, I don't remember who it was, Paul or somebody said, you know, I die at the daily. And I mean, if you think about how you go to sleep, it's like a mini death because you, you have this assimilation process. And if, for those of you who remember your dreams a lot, I mean, I have like a second life going on in my dream world every night. I mean, right. I was hanging, I mean, I could tell you like what was going on like all this crazy stuff but the point is you wake up and you have the opportunity to be this whole new person. And so it's only if we dec- only if we like go, "Oh, this is who I am again right. and I'm going to stay the same person again and I'm going to think these same thoughts and feel these same emotions and repeat these same behaviors and hang out with these same people if you're if it means you're going to stay the same or if you're going to do something today to be different and to be I new. That.
0: I love that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like, um, it's a, it's a reminder of what I call mindfulness and living in the present moment. Cause each, and even I think, you know, if you look at Abraham Hicks, they're like, once you slow down, like sleeping stops the momentum right? Whatever you've created. So when you, if you, if there's something you're creating in your life, go take a nap, like slow it down, go, if you can meditate, go do that because then you can come back and make a new choice. And from that moment forward, you can shift that momentum or as you're saying, be a different person. You don't have to go back and grab that same consciousness, that same way of thinking that you were either before your nap, right? Before your dream state of dying, you know, or slowing back down. So I I really feel, I really feel agreement with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I would say another way of looking at it, which is the same, the same basic concept is that, that energetic momentum that you're talking about, where if you've got the, if you've got negative momentum that is, or just, you could say it's momentum that's attracting stuff you don't want. So attracting pain, fear, anger, disappointment or anything else that's unpleasant and not you know it's like well this isn't really helping me and it certainly doesn't feel good so <laughs> why, why why am I still doing it then yeah I think any anything energetically mentally emotionally and physically that you can do to, to change that direction and naps and meditation are I think a great way to stop that but also to reconnect you with that inner evolutionary locus that's part of who you really are that, that still wants to be moving towards you know, greatness or your desires or your fulfillment or whatever you want to call that, that, that I believe we're all always moving towards. Right. Um, but sometimes we can slow it down due to all the resistant, negative, um, whatever you want to call that.
0: I, I definitely agree with you. So, so switching gears only slightly – we're talking about ultimately mindset and spirituality and how they're related, but for people that are new or are curious, what do you think mindset is? What is it?
1: I I really do think it's what we've been talking about. And the only reason why I use mindset these days, partly because it's a little more mainstream and acceptable. Um, I think it's, it's something that people can pretty readily grasp that they have a mind I mean, I don't, I don't think too many people would disagree that they have a mind. Um, And so if you think about, you know, a mindset, it's like the things that create your daily thinking, your daily points of focus, where your attention is. And so I could also talk about two, the two big factors I teach is that there's state of consciousness and content of consciousness. Content is... Let's
0: go there. Yes. Let's go there. Content...
1: Content's probably easier for people to understand. It's just what you're thinking about. So like earlier today, I was thinking about getting together with some friends of mine tonight. We're gonna play this game that we geek out on. And I was sort of preparing preparing what I was gonna be doing for this game that we play. And so that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about the place we're gonna be, the people I was gonna be interacting with, what I was gonna be doing. That's content, right? right? So that's pretty easy what what are you thinking about at any given moment? And that can be, you can be thinking about the past or the future, or you can be really kind of focused in the present and that's where your attention and your thoughts are. And so that's content. And then state, state really is like, actually Tony Robbins, also he teaches a lot about state. Um, but I think anybody who really understands mindset or consciousness has to talk about state. And that's where, Like you mentioned, Abraham, and they teach a lot about state because state is, you know, really the vibration that you're at. It's the, you know, are you focused? Are you concentrated or are you scattered? Are you relaxed or are you anxious? You know, are you um, at peace or are you disturbed? Are you feeling love or are you feeling um, maybe fear or anger? You know, so state has a lot to do with not only the emotion that is um, and the vibration that you're experiencing, but also the focus of your attention that's causing the vibration and the emotion.
0: Now, in this definition of state, which is great, does it include states in terms of consciousness, like we're conscious of it, or does it also include a state where we're unconscious of it where does where does where does that part play into the state of consciousness
1: yeah i mean i i would say even even the whether you're conscious or unconscious is part of your state okay. so um i mean most people are, i think are unconscious of their state most of the time
0: i would agree with until, that I would until
1: very- they until they choose to until either they choose to wake up or something like shakes them so hard that, you know, some a lot, I think for a lot of people it is gradual. And I think over time and space, a lot of people are like, Oh, they'll have these little awarenesses here and there. And then finally one day they're like, okay, I've, I've seen enough. You know, I'm like, I'm ready for something different because they just seen time and again that their, their state matters. And then some people get in a car wreck or, you know, they go through such a traumatic divorce or such a traumatic, you know, uh, disorder or disease physically that they're like, damn, I'm ready for something different. Um, and then some people are blessed, I think, enough with or, or fortunate or whatever you want to say, where maybe they even had some parents who introduced them to the concepts enough that or they found a mentor, you know, early on that, right. that helped them to wake up to it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for the majority of people that I see that um, didn't like come along the spiritual path, I think earlier in life through some sort of, you know, parents or even honestly in reaction to what they were exposed to. So whether you were, you know, raised in a certain religion and then found that didn't work for you and you had some sort of, you know, almost visceral reaction to it that could get you started on understanding more about this. Or it usually seems to be, which I think is also a Tony Robbins thing, we're either working towards pain or pleasure and most of us are trying to get away from pain. <laughs> like So then that journey then starts to have us realizing whether we have to go um, and seek additional help. Well, why am I experiencing this pain? And this pain seems to be a mental pain that's now affecting my emotions and and so forth, which starts us to really, I think, look a little bit deeper into, All of these mindsets and maybe where some of them began so you spoke a little bit about um, maybe having parents that influenced your mindset are there any I definitely speak about that a lot especially um, they say childhood like zero to seven is a very pivotal point in which children are really open to because they're like sponges they're very open they don't have a filter yet so obviously Um, And as a mother, I'm like, whoa, this is a lot of pressure to make sure that I'm making sure that there's good stuff going in. So that means there's good stuff going out in terms of mental thoughts and beliefs. But, you know, what are your thoughts on where, um, where we develop our mindset from? Obviously childhood, but other places, I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely our growing up years has a huge influence. I mean, that's, that's just undeniable. At the same time, I do think there's a certain amount of mindset that comes from a pure place of just who we are. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I really do, I've kind of had to like, go through some interesting paces with this, because this was like my belief system for two decades, then I was kind of like, not sure how much I wanted to share it with people, because I was trying to go a little more mainstream with what I'm doing. But I really just can't get away from it, which is that I believe that we've we've formed and fashioned our self, our understandings of creation over like millennia of lifetimes, like many, many lifetimes of development. And so I do believe that, that a person comes in with a certain level of acumen that's, that's inherent. Now that might not necessarily be accessible, because, you know, and I think this is where sometimes some of the greatest people in history are born into some of the most challenging and traumatic situations, you know, oftentimes. Right. Um, I mean, you just, you see a lot of great people who they faced a lot of adversity in their youth or in their early adulthood or in their adulthood where, you know, they were called to, like, unleash their greatness. But I mean I think for all of us there's 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 untapped treasure that is like waiting that's that forms part of your mindset that you everybody has brought forward to some degree. And then the more a person pursues knowledge and experience and preferably you know I, I would think like a mentor of some sort or or some, some form of teacher to help bring that forward. I've always found having teachers challenge me and, and also brought forth a lot of my, my greatness. And, and even to today, it's like, I follow people and I seek people to learn from. So I think there's a lot of things that form that mindset. And I think that you can, you know, you can, the best thing is that you just never stop developing it. I mean, it's, it's only when you've, It's only when you believe that you have all the answers is when you're really screwed.
0: (laughs) I agree with with you on that. Um, Especially in terms of the continual kind of, I know the common word now is like up-leveling, like up-leveling our mindset, continuing to work and develop on our mindset. And ultimately that, that work or development really is geared towards whatever it is you're working towards, right? Or however it is you're trying to feel. But one of the things I thought was really interesting was, um, whether or not, I guess, I think whether or not our listeners believe that they, um, have accrued all of these, um, lifetimes that are now culminating in their present one, that is a part of, you know, again, that evolutionary locus, um, that what I, what I think of as kind of your inner voice, that essence of you that is always there, um, your, you know, whether some people use spirit or soul, whatever that is, that knows why you're here and what you're, what you're kind of, what you can do, your highest potential, right? I really love the fact that you called it untapped treasure, because I think that is the point of a lot of the practices that I think that that I teach, a lot of the practices that you teach, and the, you know your courses is about finding ways and teachers and tools to really help us tap into that. Essence of ourselves that is truly here to help us have a fruitful, a fruitful life that continues to grow and develop. And I feel like closer to spirit or closer to God, but you can call that whatever you want, right? Um, the whole point is that I love how you said untapped because a lot of us are, you know, drifting through. And until we meet that teacher or that tool or that religion that makes sense or that spirituality, it does at some essence kind of stay a little bit untapped. So that was really, you know, interesting to me that you brought that out.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it's cool because um, there's even, I'm trying to remember now and I'm a little rusty because I I haven't, you know, it, it, just just to bring some interesting kind of another angle to it, but. There are a few, well, okay, here's, okay, <laughs> so, so all the time I was with the School of Metaphysics, we, one of the, I mean, we, God, we studied and practiced so many things. It's like, I'm still assimilating all the crazy stuff we, we did there wow. because there were so many, <laughs> there were so many practices that we drew upon from like all these different past teachers and stuff. But one of the things I loved was that we studied a lot of the world's holy scriptures. And so we studied the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita and the Tao Te Ching and the Dhammapada, you know, and, and the Upanishads and, you know, a lot of Eastern stuff, but also the Bible, which actually, if you technically is Eastern to us, oh, <laughs> we think of it as Western it from the
0: West. That's very yeah, true. right. It actually
1: came from the Middle East. So it's actually Eastern. Um, but in there, there's a, there's a, in Isaiah, Isaiah 55 was one that we studied a lot, because if you ever read it, it is so amazing. I was thinking about it like yesterday or the day before there's a line I love the in there. That,
0: Bible, so <laughs> I love the Bible. So keep going.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. Well read, read over. Let's sometime we should read over Isaiah 55 and hang out together and talk about it because there's this um, part in there that says it's kind of, it's kind of like kind of almost like this little inspirational section, but, but there's this part that says, and nations you knew not will run to you, and you will summon a nation you knew not, you will summon a nation you knew not and nations you knew not will run to you. Well, if you think about like all, if you think about the Bible, the Bible, I feel like is very, even though sure, there's probably some physical history there. I feel like it's almost much of it's been encoded and it's very imagery based and very like you could, you could read it as if you're interpreting a dream for yourself or as if you're like, this is a story about your soul's journey. And so like all the different people and, and represent like these qualities of self. So if you're summoning a na- nation, you do not, and nations are running to you, it's like all of these past stored understandings you've built over hundreds or thousands of lifetimes are there and you just have to unleash them. And, and a lot of that's just getting out of your way, your own way. And then some of it is through the adversity and the challenges that we have It's like it calls us to be better and to, like, see things different, think different, to summon a desire and to, like, you know, it's like there is something to that that makes, with the law of duality, that makes resistance so beautiful that it, it like, it calls us to just be awesome. And it's like you can either be awesome because you're, you're facing the challenge or you can just give up and, like, fold and bow out and get knocked out by the situation but it's totally up to you
0: no it's it's i i completely agree on so many different angles i'm thinking about it on the angle obviously um you know even definitely in the bible um the story of good and evil. i mean it's a, it's a constant battle between good and evil and it is and it is we know one in relationship right to the other there's looking at it on more of a metaphysical plane where we know that the earth is a planet of dualities This is a planet for dualities. And whoever, I don't care who I talk to, whether they're talking 5D, whether they're talking, honestly, Akashic Records, whatever, we know that Earth is a planet of duality. And we can even actually take that and look at it even more easier example, and we can think about it in terms of muscles and fitness. And yes, I'm a yogi, but I'm not like a fitness trainer. So you know, forgive me if I use some words incorrectly here, but we know that muscles and developing strengths takes resistance. And we know that when we don't go up against anything, things become you know, lethargic, they don't work as well. So just the idea of having challenges, the ideas of having resistance. So that law, um, it totally makes sense on, I mean, everything from a spiritual level, however you wanna look at it, to a biblical level, to a fitness level, to an earthly level, right? And definitely in terms of our mindset. Um, you know, if our mindset are not, is not challenged, then we we never know what we're what we're truly thinking, or even what we're made of, in so many different levels.
1: Yeah, I mean, even astronauts. You know, if like if they're up in space and they're not, they don't have resistance of gravity, their bodies start to deteriorate. Right. So, like what you're saying about like the yoga and the fitness and the muscle. I mean, that's totally relative. I mean, it makes total sense. And I think you know the thing for people to realize that is that you know what i think what we're talking about is that you can if if you're experiencing for anybody who's experiencing like the duality of life as a struggle i totally get that and it can it can totally be like sometimes the challenges it's like man i just don't want another challenge or crappy thing to happen <laughs> and i mean people have i mean i know so i mean i think most people either have experienced it or they are experiencing it. And it's just to realize that it's it's a uh, it's it's there to kind of just step back for a minute and be like, okay, kind of just breathe with this, take a few breaths, try to get some perspective, bless it, and be like, okay, there actually is good here. And to recognize that that that's why like people like you and I exist and there's more people. I mean I, I really do believe that why there are so many teachers, coaches, mentors, people showing up because the world needs, it's kind of like supply and demand.
0: Yeah, I, agree.
1: There, I really think that the, that the demand is whether people are aware of it or not, cause a lot of people aren't, but the demand is so high for change and for growth that it's like people just like, you know, show me something to do that, that to understand myself and this life that I'm in and why, you know, why these things happen to me and it can be much easier than what we all tend to make it. I mean, things can be easier, even though there's challenge it so much of it is about gaining enough mastery to be able to breathe with any situation and recognize it's temporary and to know what the steps are to get to a better place and to be, you know, from that stabler ground you can operate. And then there's always like another plateau or stabler ground to get to where like the world opens up again and it's even better, but the, the challenges don't have to necessarily keep getting harder or more like life. Um, <laughs> what is it like beating you down or something? Right. I mean, sometimes I, it happens. I that agree
0: with you. Like you made me think of a couple things. So definitely. And I, and I, you know, I think that as we go further along and maybe as we are more in with our ev- evolutionary locus, as you say, and we, you know, continue this transformational process and learning and growing, we come upon these challenges and instead of um, seeing them as something potentially to beat us or bring, bring us down, I always say, what can you ask the challenge? What, are, what is it here to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this? How is this gonna help me grow? and having a challenge and having you know a difficulty however you want to look at it doesn't mean we have to suffer i think to your point it doesn't mean that we have to you know just be in so much pain right and allow that pain to really take over our lives but two i have to talk about this really quickly because it's so anecdotal but um you know most people know that i'm a yogi a yogi in multiple traditions and yogi bhajan is one of my favorite teachers um, as a kundalini yogi and one of the things that he said was of course one of the reasons why he brought his yogic teachings here was because um, especially americans were going to need it the world was going to need a technology he calls it a technology that allows people to honestly not go insane he saw the speeding up of technology before, like, before the internet broke, right? And that's com- the internet and what it's brought in terms of communication, um, information overload, in terms of what our even bodies have to process now, just on a nervous system level, is so much greater than our parents and definitely than our grandparents. And so it does not surprise me on both a spiritual or evolutionary level that we're having more mentors, teachers, Um, people bringing light to this earth and this planet right now because of where we are um, I think in our evolution as a human being but also in terms of just what is happening right now on the planet and it just so reminded me of Yogi Bhajan talking about this age and this period where if you don't have the right tools you will literally go insane your body is just not used to it all the demands all the ways that we're having to think and process now
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a good place to transition into, I'd love for you to tell um, everyone, of course, like how to get in touch with you, but also a little bit about your laws of success course that could really help both with these mindsets, if they're feeling a little crazy, you know, whatever it is that they need right now.
1: Yeah, it's cool because I'm, I'm, I'm really these days constantly refining what I do and what I teach. Um, It's kind of like taking all that stuff I learned from the school of metaphysics, plus just a bunch of other stuff and people I've learned from even just in the last few years uh, and, and practicing it enough to, to refine it. But I will say that like, I, I guess what I'm always trying to do, there's a couple things. One is I am very concerned with the individual that's always been a huge part of my, um, I don't know, just like my, I feel like any good teacher, but but I feel like my specialty because I like to work with individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love to teach classes and, and do big things, events. That's, that's cool. I mean, I do enjoy that a lot. But I love to work with individuals because there's something that happens, you know, when I'm working with an individual that helps to to turn them on and and like draw them out. And I think people, most people do need some individual attention from a mentor, usually at some point in their life, just because you, you just get a different deep dive focus when you're, you're doing that. So that's one thing is that I love working with individuals. I love to, to to draw out their best and also to help them figure out kind of like what you were saying, like why they're here and what they're all about what they want i mean that's that's super important so one is the individual and then two is i love to provide some kind of structure for people because with all of the things that are out there i mean there's there's probably now millions of options i mean i'm not I mean, yes. there's probably, I mean, from, from all the yoga schools and yoga systems and branches and practices that you can, offshoots you can do to, you know, Tony Robbins stuff and his coaches to, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's enormous. It's, so, yeah, it's, a
0: lot. It's, it's a lot.
1: Yeah. So, so, you know, you but you have to pick something, you know, you have to pick someone or some system and, and that's, Part of why, I mean, I was with the School of Metaphysics for so long was that it was a structure, you know, it was a system that I used. And now I'm trying to refine, like, my own structure and system for people. So a lot of what the laws of success teach people is just super simple. I try to, like, some of my students just the other night were like, this is great because you've really just simplified some of these concepts. So I try to just distill the the these concepts down to a a very user-friendly form that they can use and then finding good practices that they can do and not overwhelming. It's not like you have to do hours and hours of of self-work like every day. I mean, some people do and I have. It's fine. You can can do that. (laughs) But even if you're doing something that's a simple 10-minute practice every day or a couple things you can integrate throughout your day, um, that can make a huge difference. And so I try to start people out just in a super simple way. And then as they want more, and as they're ready for more, I try to like give them like match them with more and more and more and more of what they actually can assimilate and hopefully what they really need and what they really want. That's going to take them to like their next level in anything of whether it's health and healing, like some of my clients I'm working with, or whether it's you know, starting a, a new, a, their own business, or whether it's um, getting along with people in a way that they haven't been able to, like their spouse, or their daughter, or their son, or whatever. So anyway, those are two main things, working with the individual and providing, like, a simple structure that um, that's, that's user-friendly is a lot of what I do with people.
0: I think that that's great, and I actually completely agree with you. I I had a very similar, um, we must have similar vibrations or something, because I had a very similar conversation recently with a client who um, obviously wanted to know her purpose, so very much in line with this, but there were so many different options out there, and I think when, when you are first beginning this path, it's really, it's almost critical that you get someone that's gonna be a supporter, someone that's gonna kind of have been there already, have walked this path a little bit farther, and is almost a mirror to help you weed through um, some of the things that you're going on you're going on because otherwise you could just start going down 20 20 million paths. You could go down NLP, you can go down meditation, you could start doing yoga, then you could start doing this, then you can start getting into you know, Reiki, and then you can start doing. I mean, like, you know, there are countless paths. And I think that all teachers, the one thing that I think we would say is pretty consistent is that you learn a lot when you've, when you allow yourself to walk the path. And even if that path, there's challenges or whatever, it's almost by developing a little bit more depth in something is where you really start to, I feel like break things open. And by having that one person, that is your coach, your mentor, your teacher, whomever that person is, I think it's really helpful, especially in the beginning. And I know that there are people listening, and they're like, well, I can just pick up a book and I can just, you know, and I always just say, look at, look at where your life is currently, because that's a sum total of kind of what you're able to do up to this point and then think about or imagine or dream about where you'd like to be and then get help with someone that you know is, Is there on a a content state mentally and in a state of consciousness state mentally
1: absolutely (laughs) Absolutely.
0: bringing it back there yeah um, yeah we'll close with that thank you so much Damien we'll definitely have all the information available about you and your course and courses that people should really take advantage of and ways to get in contact with you Thank you so, so much for coming onto the show, for sharing so much with us today. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. Um, Thank you. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed it a lot. This is fun.
0: Thank you. Thanks so much, you guys. And definitely stay tuned for additional episodes of the Mind Soulful Show, where it is mindfulness always meeting your heart and soul and helping you really love your life and the life you're presently living. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. I'd love to continue the Mind Soulful Flow. Please connect with me at my website at brooksitney.com or everywhere around the web, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the brooksitney. Be sure to check out my latest free self-love ideas ebook on my website, And for those of you who know you want more inner and outer abundance, apply to work with me today. Until the next episode, cheers to loving yourself more and the life you are presently living.